Hi, my name is Jerry Salai. I'm the Chief Strategist at Tricia Investment Advisors. And today I'm joined by John Carverly, our Chief Economist. Hi, Jerry. And by James Chu, our Head of Investment Solutions. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to be talking about the 60-40 portfolio. Is it dead? And what can we do in the future? You know, for those of us who don't know what the 60-40 portfolio is or what it's supposed to do, basically it refers to 60% allocation to equities, which are intended to provide capital appreciation and you put 40% of the allocation of your portfolio to fixed income, which would potentially offer both income and risk mitigation. So John, let, let's talk about this with you, with you first, because you're writing a bunch of blogs and focus papers uh, and client papers as well. What do you think about this 60-40 portfolio and what it's supposed to do? Yeah, so the idea is that um, hopefully bonds and stocks will be going in opposite directions, uh, particularly in the bad times. So that if, for example, you get a recession, then your stocks are probably going to go down, but your bonds are going to go up as interest rates fall. So you get that kind of balancing effect. Um, and, the, and the hope is that um, that will mean that you don't get such large drawdowns as if you had an all stocks portfolio. Of course, historically, you also got quite high returns on bonds. Uh, this is something we'll come on to. But uh, for much of the last, well, uh, 40 years now, um, bond funds have provided very good returns because of the long-term secular decline in bond yields. Now that may be over, um, but for a long time that was that was meaning that that combination of stocks and bonds was was giving you very very good returns. But they don't necessarily both have to move in opposite directions during normal times, right? I mean, you could actually have a scenario where bonds pay you an income and stocks teeter around doing some small ups, some small down and you get dividend returns and you actually make money on both sides, right? That's right. And, and indeed, that has often been the case in the last 40 years because we have seen some very strong uh, bull markets in, in stocks and generally they're up a lot over the last 40 years, even with that volatility. And we've also seen um, the returns on bonds are very high um, because you don't just get the coupon when the, when the bond yields are coming down, you get that capital gain as well. So yeah, you have uh, had long periods where as you say, you might have stocks going sideways for a bit, but you're getting the income uh, or you have stocks going up uh, and um, bond yields staying about where they are. We often had periods where bond yields were going down because people were getting more optimistic that inflation was under control. Uh, we saw this a lot in the 80s and 90s, for example. And because bond yields were going down, stocks were going up. So they so were sort of doubly blessed. Uh, the difficulty in recent months, particularly uh, this year in, in, in 2022, uh, we've seen both of them sell off together. And that's been a rather painful experience. That's right. We were looking at some data and this is one of the rare occasions where it seems that bonds and stocks are both near double digit negative returns in the first four months of a year, which is right. not very usual. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it hasn't been very usual in the last 20 years. It was much more common before. Uh, and this is something I think um, that's worth bearing in mind, because when people show the returns on these 60-40 portfolios, they rarely go back more than 25 years. And actually, if you look at it historically, the last 25 years has been unusually good for the 60-40 portfolio. If you went back the previous 25 years, not so good at all, because you had um, lots of periods where inflation was rising, so bond yields were rising, so you're losing on your bonds. But also in that environment with rising inflation, rising bond yields, stocks were not doing very well. If you think of the 1970s, for example, it was, it was pretty awful for the 60-40 uh, portfolio. So 
going forward, you know, we, it's very difficult to see how you're going to get uh, such a good environment as we've had in the last 25 years, simply because bond yields are much lower now than they used to be. Well, I think the the spirit of the 60-40 portfolio, uh, the concept is still about try not to put all your eggs in one basket. As John said that, it's supposed that actually the return or the performance of stock and bonds will be uh, in opposite direction, especially in bad times. Um, at least what you want is that when stocks fall, uh, maybe bonds fall, but much, much less than stocks, then your portfolio doesn't draw, the, uh, draw or draw down that much. Uh, you may pay a price on the upside, but your swing, your portfolio swing is less. So, and I think that's that's the key. Uh, for advisors, I think something they want to uh, bear in mind is very simple, is that actually I talk, we talk about uh, drawdown. I think that's the, the thing that we need to think a little bit about. Uh, you look at textbook, speak to corns, they all talk about optimization, 60-40 portfolio, look at volatility, fluctuation of portfolio over time. Uh, and the concept also is constructed with the way, uh, assumption that uh, the you hold the portfolio for a very long term. And now we don't have very long term, even though now we live very long. But uh, uh, when you say very long term, you're talking about, as John said, 25 years, 50 years, 100 years. Maybe true for uh, a pension fund or insurance firm, not true for individual clients. So a focus on the drawdown is important. So that's one. Uh, the second point is that that relates to another thing. But uh, rather than uh, tweaking all the models, maybe advise us to look at what the economic fundamentals are. What drive the returns and the fluctuation of this return and also the probability of losing money of these asset classes? Uh, what, what are the economic drivers? And what, what will be the inflate, high inflation environment, rising interest rate environment affect these? And make a decision that way. We're not trying to say that's because it seems that actually uh, the environment is tough. I go back and basically put everything into one uh, into one basket. That's not the case. In fact, probably trying to pick other things apart from just equities and bonds in your portfolio, especially on alternative investment, that the economic drivers and behavior are different from stocks and bonds. So that would be a big argument for continued diversification. Is that right, James? Yeah, I still think diversification is the right thing to do, because in fact, you just don't want to. You don't want to put all, uh, put everything, all your chips into betting on one thing. Uh, I think the danger is that, uh, especially for when you look at uh, portfolios for people who are close to retirement or who are already retired, need to draw uh, from the pension or the portfolio to get the income. There's a, there's a tendency with this environment to say, should I now go all cash on bonds? I think there's a question that you need to discuss with the clients because your portfolio may need to tweak. But uh, this behavior issue also affects the asset class performance. I personally feel that actually there's some, uh, the, in the last decade or so, those multi-asset funds actually, because of the uh, package together, people buy and sell these multi-asset funds uh, uh, at different times, they actually cause the correlation between all these asset class going up because you buy and sell all these asset class at the same time. So maybe that's the reason why diversification didn't seem to work for a simple 60-40 portfolio. 
but I don't think that you should just throw the uh, throw the baby out of the bathwater. My view of the 60-40 was that it made a lot more sense when a bond would have, let's say, 5% nominal yield, and it would be a positive mm-hmm. 3 to 2%, you know, real yield. And once that real yield got crushed, and once the nominal yield started, you know, you could obviously see that buying a 10-year bond with a 0.3% yield wasn't going to be really great for you if things return to normal, right? That was a March, April 2020 mm. low in the U.S. 10-year yield. But it's one of those things where we still need something in the portfolio that has a some sort of guaranteed, putting quote marks on guaranteed yield. Where would you find that these days, James? Good question. I think obviously John probably has his own will, but we talk a lot about these alternatives. Uh, and obvious candidate, uh, people can think about uh, uh, properties or real estates because uh, obviously that the fundamental investment principle is same thing because you invest in real estates or properties uh, they actually produce an income flow right. and then you basically be similar to that obviously you can say actually the risk is, is, is there because of inflation environment but uh, maybe there is a concern especially by investors and it makes economic sense to uh, own brick and mortars at this point uh, when things are bad uh, to protect your value so that's one and always there's other things like structured products etc that actually give you some kind of contractual uh, uh, obligation from the banks uh, to give you some uh, protection of principle and yield Obviously, you then take the credit risk with the bank and you need to consider that risk in the economic environment. I feel everything has to do is basically there are things out there. You look at the economic fundamentals. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I mean, ideally, you're looking for investments that are more stable than stocks, um, uh, provide an income and are not correlated. That would be the ideal thing. Um, but finding finding things that are more stable is is perhaps the easiest part of that. Um, so, for example, infrastructure is an area that a lot of people look at. Real estate, you mentioned bank loans is, is a relatively new area that um, some investors are looking at. You mentioned structured products. Some people look at emerging market debt, although that's that's quite risky, I would say. A lot of these things do provide an income, though. Um, the difficulty, though, is getting things that are not correlated with stocks, because if stocks go down, it's often because of you know the world environment's become more difficult or there's a recession. And then infrastructure doesn't look so great either, and neither do bank loans. Emerging market debt doesn't look so good. So, so it's hard to get that that great combination. Uh, again, I think that points to the need for diversification, and I certainly think that uh, for for many investors, having some really safe bonds in their portfolio, uh, government bonds or, or very good corporates, should be part of that portfolio. Uh, even if even if the sixty forty isn't right, they they need some at least. To provide that stability. I just want to add one point, guys. Uh, uh, guys, if you don't mind. I remember years ago we were actually working together in the same bank. I was shown uh, something that is uh, uh, private equity-based investment, and they keep saying that is uncorrelated to stock and bond market. And the reason is that the way they value those private equity investment is the way that cost. So you basically look at as volatility is as low as 1% per annum, which you and I know is not the case. It goes back to the, the, the concept of drawdown. 
I think that that, that one of the the, the uh, this is why we're here as buddies to advise us of wealth managers is that we have been shown a lot of these ideas and looks good on paper, but you drill through it and you just say actually the assumption like low correlation and basically the the uh, fluctuation water is low etc. It's a bit dubious in sometimes. Uh, you actually there's you, this liquidity issue may be an, a problem for your clients. Uh, in the when he's retired, he need to cash a lot of times. So I go back. I think this is just to look at the client situation and think through the assets carefully and select it accordingly. I think that's hundred percent right, James. And then that's the best way to look at things. Is does this work for my client? Does this work to achieve the investment goals that I need to achieve? Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've always done is you know not been shy about calling the markets and taking appropriate action through our you know asset allocation process. We've remained underweight of bonds for the best part of two years for the, all the right reasons, in my view. Even though you know in sixty forty portfolio, you're not supposed to you know tinker too much around it. We said, look, you want to be underweight bonds for all the right reasons that John and you laid out, and it's worked out pretty well. But on the flip side, on equity side, we, we've met, we've always said you should embrace equity risk. And I was looking at returns recently, and you know if you said that around two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, you'd have been laughed out of the room because every single one of those years was a double digit negative return for the U.S. John, mm-hmm. as, as we sat on the brink of a double digit return this year so far, could we actually see that happen again? Uh, well, the risk is recession, and that's I think what's the markets are reacting to. The, the Fed is raising rates and getting more and more aggressive on it, and it's quite hard to to manage a, a soft landing. I mean, it's still the Tricio view that they will achieve that, that they, they will avoid a recession and get inflation down. Um, but the risks have definitely risen. And I think that's why the markets are reacting. So, so bond deals are going up because the Fed is getting very hawkish uh, and expecting higher interest rates. And um, investors are saying, look, this this means there's a much higher risk of recession than there was. And of course, we have had we had had a, a very strong uh, run up, particularly in US markets, particularly on the technology side. Um, and so and to some to some extent, this is a, a natural correction. And, and perhaps I could just add, I mean, we've been sort of rubbishing 60-40 a little bit in this uh, in this podcast. But you could make the case that even though it's been pretty awful for the last four months, actually, it's in a better place now than before because uh, stocks have come down. They're not as uh, highly valued as before. Um, and the bond yield, the US 10-year is uh, pushing up close to 3% now. Um, so from this level, it's arguably more attractive. Um, the, the, the downside for stocks is is less now, uh, and bond yields have at least clawed the way up to three percent. And it, it's worth bearing in mind that people back in 2019 were saying the 60/40 portfolio is useless uh, because bond yields are so low. And then we got the shock of COVID, uh, and actually having bonds in your portfolio was very helpful thing to have in March exactly. 2020. Exactly. I did some numbers yeah. actually on the uh, drawdowns that James was talking about. So in 2020, just on a monthly basis, if you'd had 100% stocks, you could have been down 19%, 1-9% between sort of February 2020 and and March 2020. But if you had the 60-40 portfolio, you were only down 8%. And if you go back Mm. to uh, 2008-9, which was a much worse bear market, of course, lasted much longer, 100% stocks, you lost 50%. um, the drawdown of 50 percent that's that's tough for advisors to explain to their clients and there's always a danger that clients uh, pull out at the wrong moment but if you'd had a 60 40 portfolio you were only and that's in uh, in quotes only down 22 percent 
um, I think 22% is easier to live with and and, and and sleep on than down 50%. So so in those cases, really bad environment, that's where the 60-40 portfolio helps. And some of the other things we're discussing might not do so well at, at, at uh, giving you some offset. So where we that's are... Right. I mean, the 40%, I mean, we got to keep in mind, was liquidity as well. Because the whole idea is that you're in liquid bonds, not not tied up in something that's illiquid, correct? Absolutely right, yes. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think we try to be too clever, isn't it? Where especially at these times and say you look at that four month performance and say, oh, it's bad. And then people come in, try to ride on the money train and give you fantastic uh, things, back tested, etc. That seems to work. Perhaps just keep things simple. And as I keep saying, the basic principle of diversification. And remember, four months is a very short period of time. Uh, from therefore, even for retired people, that is that rely on the portfolio performance is a blip. I think there's always a tendency that we extrapolate things into in uh, infinite future when the markets and the economic cycle does not work that way. John, I don't think we've trashed sixty forty. We just you know, these are some of the problems with it, mostly because we've made so much money in the last 20, 25 years, and then you know we ran into a bit of a brick wall at the beginning of twenty twenty two, but. To summarize things, you think things are going to get better for the portfolio? Is that correct? Well, I think it's a better place uh, to get into it at this point, or if you're holding it, you know, hang on to it. Um, but I would also say, you know, make sure you, you have considered other investments, uh, other diversifications, um, particularly income generating ones that might be alternatives to, uh, you know, to, to um, government fixed income. Um, and on the stock side, also, you may want to consider uh, types of stocks that are perhaps a bit more stable. Uh, dividend stocks, for example, um, utilities. Even I mean, there's 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 ways to own stocks which are going to be more stable than than, than other ways. So there's that, also that sounds really good, John. James, any, any last words for the podcast listeners? Well, I think there's. Uh, 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 I think we talk a lot, and I, I pretty much agree with all of what John say. I think that is uh, is the key. Is it, we, we have been hunting for yield. I think a low interest rate environment that have uh, distorted a lot of the asset class performance, but that process actually give rise to some new investment opportunities. Now, probably it's time to hunt for safety. I think it's just going to inflation environment to protect your wealth. So the hunts become different, but that's where we, why we're here. Uh, hunting, digging, a bit of Indiana Jones in the investment world. I think I pretty much enjoy it. That sounds great, James. So hopefully it's more like Raiders of the Lost Ark than uh, looking for the Temple of Doom, right? But I like it a lot. <laughs> I right. think you probably, that arc is like the inflation genie, which is already out, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> that could be it. But John, James, thanks for your time today. And I hope the podcast listeners enjoy this. And obviously feel free to contact us at info at tricio-advisors.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other information, and we'd be happy to help. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you.